This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Steven Zylstra. Steven serves as the President and CEO of the Arizona Technology Council, a role that he assumed in December of 2007. He is responsible for strategy, operations, all financial matters, and accomplishment of policy development for the Council. Zylstra is a vocal spokesman for the value technology can provide in raising social and economic standards in Arizona and was named in 2016 as a leader of the year technology by the Arizona Capital Times and most admired leader by the Phoenix Business Journal. Zylstra has served in numerous technology leadership and advisory roles to the governor and currently serves on several association, industry, and community boards, including being recognized as an Aspen Institute Fellow for his work in workforce development. Between August 2013 and August 2015, he served as a chairman of the Global Organization Technology Councils of North America. Zylstra's most recent board appointment was to the Common Sense Arizona Advisory Council in December of 2018. Zylstra earned a bachelor's degree in automotive engineering technology from Western Michigan University and was awarded an honorary doctorate of science in technology from the University of Advancing Technology. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you, Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So you have such an impressive background. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about your path in technology? Sure. Well, first of all, I grew up as sort of a motorhead. Um, as a kid, I uh, used to build uh, cars. And um, in fact, did some racing uh, when I was uh, in my teens. And uh, as a consequence, I went to college and got a degree in automotive engineering. and uh, Started my career at the Ford Motor Company uh, as a design engineer. Spent a couple years on their graduate training program. And after uh, settling in at advanced vehicle development, it was a time when the auto industry wasn't doing so well. 
ended up getting transferred to Ford Aerospace in uh, Newport Beach, California. So moved from automotive to aerospace. Uh, after uh, Ford Aerospace, I moved to Bendix Guidance Systems Division, and then uh, another company called General Pneumatics Corporation. All of these companies are involved with uh, aerospace and defense. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 20, let's see, 1984, uh, General Pneumatics moved me out here to Phoenix to run um, their research center. And um, I made one more stop at a company here locally called Simula, which is now BAE. And um, so spent uh, 22 years or so in the aerospace and defense industry, early on as an engineer, uh, and then as an executive. Um, and then I've been running tech councils now for, uh, believe it or not, 19 years. Uh, oh. About eight years, eight years in uh, Pittsburgh and uh, 11 years back here in Arizona. That's amazing. What a fascinating background from automotive engineering into technology. That's great. So since you're so close to technology and have had and you're running councils and boards, uh, what are you seeing as trends today? Well, I think uh, technology is changing our society. It's changing uh, our commerce, our economy. Uh, in profound ways, and um, it will continue to do so at an even uh, more accelerated rate. I think things like uh, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence are going to uh, invade all types of uh, businesses uh, and industries. I think things like uh, blockchain will uh, transform the business models that uh, many industries use uh, today. Uh, so I think, uh, uh, as someone has said before, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, I, I think agree. robotics, uh, particularly autonomous uh, vehicles, will become uh, mainstream over the next decade. Uh, and uh, all of these things have an impact on uh, society. Think about how the Internet and uh, cell phones, uh, smartphones, have changed our lifestyle and our lives. Um, so I see that continuing uh, at an ever-accelerated rate. That's so true. Wow, if we look back 10 years, we couldn't even imagine what we have today with um, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, with the Alexas of the world. Uh, it's just getting started, the IoT piece being such a big part of our world now where our doorbells and um, every, our lamps, our lights, everything we have is connected. We see some refrigerators with it, with um, inventory. So uh, with IoT and machine learning and artificial intelligence, it's going to be just incredible. And like you said, we haven't seen anything yet. It's just going to grow. Yeah, and Arizona uh, is um, well suited to, to leverage that um, change because uh, we have a sort of center of excellence in IoT. I think you probably have heard that the Greater Phoenix Economic Council is trying to brand uh, Phoenix as the connected place, and that's due to the fact, for instance, um, Intel as their IoT center of excellence here, um, both Abnet and uh, Benchmark, two fairly significant technology companies here in town, are focusing almost exclusively on IoT. 
Um, and of course, our academic institutions are teaching the necessary um, science, technology, and engineering to be able to um, build the workforce necessary to uh, fulfill those jobs that are being created by those kinds of companies. That's really good to hear that the universities are participating in what that new job role is going to look like so that we are preparing our future um, generation to be ready for the, with those types of skills. But, you know, right now we are seeing the things that we've talked about. There's so many job roles that we did not exist a few years ago, and now there's a huge gap in skill set. Um, so what do you think we can continue to do as an industry to better bridge that gap? Well, I think uh, some of the basic tenets are, that are necessary to be successful in this evolving technology world are things like uh, problem solving, critical thinking, uh, uh, working in teams, all of these uh, phenomena that are necessary regardless of the, of the discipline. And uh, so I think those basics need to continue to be uh, taught and even expanded upon. And then, um, you know, some of the basic aspects of um, science and engineering don't change uh, significantly over time. Uh, certainly the technologies that are produced um, do change, but um, I think we need, to, uh, we need more uh, students that are focused on STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, we run a number of programs uh, through our foundation called the SciTech Institute, including the, uh, the SciTech Festival, the Chief Science Officer Program, the Middle School and High School Science Bowls that are attempting to entice um, the future STEM workforce uh, to learn the things that are necessary to be successful in those kinds of jobs. So I think it has to start very early, um, and not in high school, but in, in grade school. And, um, you know, jobs are becoming ever more sophisticated, and uh, either education or training is uh, required in today's world uh, to do almost any job. So uh, I think ha having a highly trained, highly educated workforce is going to be uh, an absolute necessity as we roll into the future. I completely agree. So, you know, you touched on um, problem-solving skills and critical thinking skills, and we are finding, too, that it's not just the technology skills that you need, but you need a well-rounded skill set in order to create business value for organizations. In the past, we had technology people that could end up being geeks, where they knew the technology really well, and it was great, and they served a very good purpose. But today, those technology professionals really need to have that business value and skills to provide that value. So, you know, preparing our future generations with those types of skills, I think, is critical. So uh, what you said was spot on. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is to get into uh, job roles. So when we look at, you know, now with the cloud and with IoT and machine learning and AI, we, we have a whole new set of job roles that are available. And so we're finding in the training industry, we are really focused on training for that skill set. 
So to bridge the gap, we have to train by job role today rather than a broad set of skills. Are you finding that too, like when you work with the Workforce Development Councils? Yeah, I think, um, well, there's a couple of things um, to say there. First, over the last couple of years, we've worked very closely with the Phoenix Chamber mm -hmm. on um, helping to develop the appropriate curriculum at our various community colleges um, to teach the future cybersecurity workforce. Um, and what we did is we brought lots of uh, technology cybersecurity companies together uh, with the education and training providers and work through the details of, you know, what these jobs entail and what capabilities and skills that the students need to have to succeed in these job roles. So uh, that's been a very successful program. The Phoenix uh, Chamber has focused on doing similar things in other disciplines like construction, but uh, we had a very good collaboration with them on cybersecurity. So that and, you know, most of the programs that are being taught um, at the traditional academic institutions usually have advisory boards that uh, are from industry that um, keep them abreast of the, you know, changing requirements in these various fields. Um, so hopefully they're getting the input and insight necessary to uh, teach what's required in order to fulfill the um, these new positions that are being created. I think what you mentioned about this, um, this collaboration between the universities and the workforce development and the chamber um, looking at different job roles and coming up with the skill set necessary is so critical uh, for the success of the future. And I think Arizona is maybe you know, ahead of the curve here because um, we are not seeing that in every market. So that's that's really great to see the success of that. Um, what 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 is your perspective on the value of training and certification in the industry today? Well, uh, first of all, what happens is in um, in industry you have uh, large companies and small companies, and for the most part, the large companies require, you know, uh, a list of uh, accomplishments and including academic accomplishments uh, to fill these positions that they're mm -hmm. creating. With the small companies, that's not so much true. Um, I think, um, you know, certificates um, that result from specific training is highly valued um, by these small companies. I think, uh, you know, in the coding area, I think some companies are even hiring kids who have uh, no uh, advanced education, uh, but they know how to code. They learn mm -hmm. how to code on their own as uh, as they were kids. So I think training and, and certification have a very important uh, role in the sort of portfolio of, of, uh, of um, academic pursuits that are necessary to build the kind of workforce that we need. I think apprenticeships are also reemerging mm -hmm. as a as a way uh, to train talent uh, to do these kinds of new jobs. So, um, in fact, this administration has been strongly supportive of uh, apprenticeships, and we're not talking about in the in this in the skilled trades, uh, which you know still exist, but things like IT. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, apprenticeships are a viable way uh, to learn the discipline and are coming back in a big way. Yeah, no, that's so true. So the certification, the training, it validates their skill set. A lot of times it moves your resume to the top um, in what we've seen in the industry because there's no guessing if you have the skill set or not. If you have the certification, it says you do. And I love um, that you brought up apprenticeships because in IT, we are seeing that as well. And what we're seeing is um, taking a group of students, putting them through a day-to-day, a day in the life of um, a IT administrator and putting them through real-world scenarios has been so beneficial. And, you know, the IT organizations have been just gobbling up this talent because once they have the training and the certification, they're like, okay, this is what we need. We, we can, you know, validate that they have the, the knowledge and we can put them right in front of the customer, which is so awesome. Yeah, I think um, uh, the point you made about hiring um, based on skills is uh, absolutely right. I think we're seeing HR professionals beginning to uh, change the way they hire so rather than, you know, three to five years of experience in a BS and this or that, mm-hmm. uh, they want to know whether you can do this or that. And so they're they're more interested in the skills you have than uh, the pedigree you have. Right. Very true. Very true. So um, this is a loaded question. So where do you see technology in five to ten years, let's say, from now? I mean, I think, you know, we're not going to be driving our own cars. We're probably you know, going to be somewhere where we don't even know um, what that looks like yet. But what is your vision? What What are some of the things you think about? Well, um, as you suggested, you know, I spoke to some of this earlier. Uh, we will be uh, drive. We won't be driving uh, in the way we do today because there will be lots of self-driving um, cars and trucks and delivery vehicles and and so on that's already coming to fruition uh and uh you know as a consequence we have some societal issues to deal with because all those folks who are drivers today who may not even have required a uh, high school education are now going to have to find uh, other opportunities so uh, one of the things we'll be dealing with in the future is you know how do we retrain those folks who uh, were in the transportation industry uh, in the future, and that's a critical issue that we need to that we need to face. I think, as I said earlier, technology will continue to accelerate, um, and it's hard for any of us to know uh, what's going to be happening in five and ten years. I think, uh, you know, if you're a futurist like uh, Toffler or Kurzweil, uh, you might say that. Uh, in the future, man and machine will become, um, you know, closer to being one. And that is, uh, there. I just saw technology the other day where, where you could essentially plug computer capability into your brain. Uh, they, hmm. They're working on these um, devices that can connect you. Uh, and think about the impact that that would have if suddenly all of us were able to tap in to all the known knowledge that there is in the world today. Um, I think Kurzweil predicts that in 2048, um, it's the what he calls the approaching of the singularity, that um, man and machine will be one. 
So, um, you know, it sounds like science fiction, but uh, as we all know, things that were science fiction 20 or 30 years ago uh, become a reality in the future. So uh, who knows what the future will hold? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of great things to come. And I think what you mentioned about the job roles with the high school education, those seem to be going away. There, there seem to be uh, now have to be retrained and reskilled into higher level jobs because uh, machine learning and um, AI are going to take uh, the guesswork out of that and just, you know, automate uh, a lot of different uh, processes for business. I was talking to a uh, partner that actually creates solutions for companies to solve business problems, and they are actually putting together for an insurance company an entire program that is automated from the time somebody gets into an accident till the time that they actually get paid for it everything is automated in that process from the beginning to end. So now those adjusters and those um, job roles are going to be needed elsewhere in different type of skill sets. So retraining and uh, rebuilding careers are going to be pretty prominent, I think, you know, in the next five to 10 years. Absolutely. So today, technology with all our devices, you know, I feel this every day. I don't know if you do, and I know a lot of my peers do. It's always competing for our attention. You know, each person has multiple devices. We have obviously our laptop, our desktop, our phones. Sometimes people have multiple multiple phones, which, you know, has work and home and personal. And then we have tablets and we have a tablet for movies and we have a tablet for music. How how do you create balance in this world with all of this distraction that's competing for your for your attention? Well, uh, as you indicated earlier, I recently joined the advisory board for Common Sense, and mm -hmm. if you don't know Common Sense, they're about um, doing that um, for students, for kids, making sure that. Um, uh, students are not spending too much time on devices and um, um, you know distracting them from the things that they should be focused on. Uh, I think that's true for adults too that um, we need some downtime from the technology. We need uh, to carve out time in our life where uh, uh, we shut the phone off and shut the computer off and uh, have time to uh, think about other things, to do other things, and uh, to be creative and innovative. It's hard to be creative and innovative if you're on your phone. So uh, I think it's it's you have to force yourself to uh, create some downtime uh, every day in your life uh, where you can refresh and, uh, and uh, retool. And I think it's critical for your um, well-being. Right. So we have to really focus on that and teaching our kids that, but then really practice it ourselves. I mean, just creating more mind space is so important. I very recently started meditating and it's made a world of difference to me because I'm constantly going from one thing to the next and always my mind is always racing. And so taking those 10 to 20 minutes a day and just focus on nothing 
clearing space in your brain has really made a difference. And I think the more we do that, the better balance we'll have. I agree. So how do you think, um, you know, you're in the council and on a lot of boards, what, what are you seeing um, in learning today? How are IT professionals learning? Is it different than when we learned years ago or is it kind of the same, but with different tools? Well, one of the you know phenomena that really started here in Arizona is online learning. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the University of Phoenix really got the ball rolling with that, and now there's hardly an academic institution in the world that doesn't offer uh, online training, mm -hmm. and some degrees can be gained completely uh, online. So that's a phenomena that you know didn't exist uh, certainly when I was a, a student. I think um, training um, to to develop particular skills has become uh, more and more popular. As we talked about earlier, I think, uh, as we said, apprenticeships are coming back uh, in a big way. As we know, though, they have been um, uh, used in Europe for a very long time and in the skilled trades here in the United States for a long time. But they're now being applied to other kinds of disciplines, such as uh, IT. And uh, so I think uh, education will continue to evolve. I think uh, you know, we're fortunate here in Arizona to have um, one of the leading university presidents in the world, uh, and Michael Crow. And uh, he's transformed the traditional post-secondary institution into something that's very different. And uh, I think just as innovation continues in the gadgets and gizmos that we all use in our daily life, I think uh, uh, education will evolve as we move forward as well. Yeah, that's very true. Now, you know, we, we do see also in the schools, uh, learning is very different uh, where they are being innovative and creative. I heard of a school that actually did like d does virtual field trips to other schools in other countries, which was so cool so that kids can get that exposure and that culture as part of their daily learning. So technology provides us with so many areas that we can just grow and evolve. What we're seeing is, you know, real world uh, examples, real world learning is very, very important. Hands on, can you do it? Do you have confidence to just jump in in a dynamic world? And then we're seeing um, learning in smaller chunks, whereas, you know, before we would see people would come out for a five day class and now they want smaller segments so that they can go back and apply their skills and then come back for more. But really, as you talked about online learning, the blended approach is really becoming very popular and, you know, learn anytime, anywhere. You could be on the train, on the bus, uh, listening to a podcast like we're doing. You, you continuously are learning. And so that's kind of where it's headed because it is so dynamic and we have limited time to be able to continuously learn. So, yeah, great examples. All right. So well, perhaps, in the, perhaps in the future, uh, when we're uh, running around town in our autonomous vehicles, we can be uh, 
being educated and trained uh, while we're on our way to work or on our way to Disneyland. That's right. And we're not driving, right? we got to make sure we're not driving and doing that. <laughs> we see a lot of uh, people still texting and driving, and that is so dangerous. So we got to get those self-driving cars first. But, I, yeah, I believe our time will be more valuable and we'll use it um, in such a better format than we have to today because how many people spend so much time in traffic, right? Correct. So, um, you know, in closing, let's let's just um, from from you, what advice would you give an IT professional starting out today? What would you tell somebody that maybe is hesitant to be in technology because of whatever reason? What advice would you give them so that they can uh, think about a career in technology? Well, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know, make sure that you have those uh, fundamental capabilities, uh, critical thinking and being able to work uh, in teams. You know, it's funny when we grew up, um, you know, you were never allowed to, it was considered cheating if you were collaborating with your uh, the student next mm -hmm, to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, that's how we all work in the work environment and, and teams. So, you know, learning to work with others, um, doing critical thinking, those are essential for whatever discipline that you um, move into. And uh, so I think making sure that the fundamentals are there and then, uh, you know, pick a, a trajectory that uh, is along the lines of your passion. Mm -hmm. uh, the, more, uh, the more exciting and the more interesting something is to you, the more capable you'll become and the more interested you'll be in uh, focusing on the training and education required to be successful. So true. Passion drives you. Passion will take you to that next level. Even if you don't have the skills to start with, if you're passionate to learn them, you will learn them faster and see success faster. So very, very good advice. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. It was a pleasure to have you on our show. And um, we hope to talk to you again soon. It was great to be here and thank you. It was uh, enjoyable. Thank you. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in person, virtual, on demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. And now, an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. 
As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.